This is Computer Talk with Tab, hosted by Eric Semmel of Tab Computer Systems. Interact with Eric and his guest by phone at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. Email them in the studio at gethelpattabinc.com or get help anytime at computertalkwithtab.com. Now, here's Eric. And good morning. This is Computer Talk with Tab. I'm Eric. And I'm Bob. And Bob is Bob Shorey. He's one of the MCSEs at Tab. He comes in and helps you helps me out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. So... Feel free to get online and uh, 1-800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC are the numbers. Usually it's easier the earlier you get on in the show. Uh, Later on in the uh, morning, it'll get all jammed up. But as usual and customary, we have some technology news for you. What do you got there, Bob? Anything you want to bring up? Yeah, I got a couple of uh, articles that Mm -hmm. I think is pretty good. Yeah. Um, You know, I've been uh, running a Fitbit for a number of years. Yeah. And I really like it. Yep. And I got some bad news this morning. Oh, no. Google is buying Fitbit. Uh-huh, for yeah. a lot of money. Google pushes further into healthcare with Fitbit, raising new privacy concerns. New? Can you imagine that? Oh, they already were reading your Fitbit, too. Come on. Uh, no, not yet. Because uh, <laughs> Fitbit hasn't been, uh, hasn't been uh, sharing that information. It's private between you and the people that you share it with gotcha. in your groups. Yep. Which, you know, they took away a lot of the groups, uh, you know, about a year or so ago. Yeah. But this, uh, if it goes through, mm-hmm. then, you know, it'll complete in like 2020. And we'll put a uh, note to that. But, yeah, I'm very disappointed. And yeah. Google's trying to improve their uh, – um, they came out in 2015 with their uh, uh, watch OS. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, it hasn't really been taken off the way no. they'd like it to. And they've got – uh, partnerships with Tag Heuer and you know all sorts of big big watch companies, but their watches aren't taken off. So they're hoping that to get a little boost, because Fitbit is really the leader in terms of uh, the health tracking technology. Sure. Well, yeah. Apple hardware is isn't, really isn't as good as or uh, hard, Fitbit's hardware is better than anybody else's. Even even Apple Watch. Oh, well, yeah. I don't know about the Apple Watch. They mm-hmm. didn't make the comparison in the ar- article no. to the Apple Watch. But Fitbit has been the leader. Yeah. So, you know, I'm sorry to see him go. You well, know, come over to my side. The I use problem the Samsung. with the Apple Watch is it's only good for about a year and then you got to trade up. Yeah, I know, right. And it's, <laughs> you got to upgrade and there's no room. Um, I've, I've been very happy with my Samsung watch and uh, it's, a smart, it's a smart watch that looks like a watch and it takes my heartbeat and all that kind of stuff, tracks my steps and it actually looks like a watch. Yeah. That's what I love about it. Um, I know that the, the, the Google folks are hoping for a Pixel watch and. Uh, what are you going to do? Yeah. So, In other news, um, here in Connecticut, uh, Pratt & Whitney uh, is having some issues with Boeing. Um, they've been doing these software tweaks on their, uh, on their engines, and uh, they've been affecting the Airbus A220s. And uh, basically, the, uh, they've had a bunch of uh, aborted landings and landings with issues and excessive vibration um, on these engines. And... So what's happening now is, you know, Pratt's been able to deal with maintaining engines and they communicate with the engines and are able to monitor engines. And, of course, you can update the software on these things. And they've been messing with it to the point where you might be having some issues with with what they've been doing. And they may want to check and, and do some more testing before you upgrade these engines out in the field uh, because you're finding that their, you know, bits and pieces are, are being affected uh they, they don't know what exactly is happening here. They, they don't know what the root cause of the engine failure exactly is, but they've been doing these updates. 
And you know, and now that now that we're so connected, where companies can update things like cars on the fly, like Teslas and engines on the fly, you got to really hope they're going to do a better job of testing. I mean, we saw with Boeing and what they did with their Max airplanes, where they didn't do such a good job there and put one device in place as a failsafe as far as testing. I think it was airspeed or. But they saved money. <laughs> These sensors were very expensive. Yeah, they only put one sensor in instead of two. Um, but I'll put a link in here for you. These these um these engines are pretty young, and to be having these types of problems, um, I don't know what who Pratt uses to do the updates. I highly suspect it's the third world doing doing the coding. I'd highly doubt it's a uh, uh, f- folks here in uh, in America doing these updates. And I got a, I got a bad feeling that possibly between the translations back and forth between the folks in the third world updating the software for us in the first world. I don't know. Maybe we're having these troubles. I'm just just speculating. I don't know. Would you rather pay somebody $125 an hour to code for you, or would you rather pay somebody a buck and a half an hour to code yeah. for you? Yeah, I'm just guessing. That's, that's <laughs> who's doing these updates. I'll put the link up here on the story. It's a. Uh, it's a. Of course, it's from my favorite uh, news site out there in the UK. Um, the Register. I'll put a link up here for you. But it's you know, it should make you think twice a little bit. Um, about what's been going on in the air in the airline industry in the aerospace industry. It's amazing. Things. More of them aren't falling out of the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope they don't. Um, in other news, you know, I've talked to you guys about cutting the cable. Now it's cutting the cord, right? People talk about cutting the cord. You're not actually cutting the cord, um, but you actually can cut the cord if you happen to be in West Hartford because there are alternatives to cable broadband and DSL. It's called. Go NetSpeed. It's a fiber company. But we've talked about this, and I've talked about the tool I use to do my streaming. I use an NVIDIA Shield. And NVIDIA is one of the premier names in video cards in our business for uh, CAD-based video cards, high-end display video cards. Well, NVIDIA has an update to their Shield where they're going to actually upscale. You You went out and bought that 4K TV, right? I'm sure you did. Everyone's got a 4K TV these days. Well, NVIDIA now can... Uh, upscale your 1080p broadcast to a 4K for you, even though it's not 4K, which is pretty cool. And it's only a couple hundred bucks, and uh, you're able to, again, hand over your your set-top box, your cable box to the cable TV company. You've been renting that for 13 bucks a month. And just buy a streaming box for $199, so it pays for itself, connect to a fiber connection, and you're done. You're online. You're doing everything through, heck, I saw the World Series was advertising YouTube TV. I was watching the World Series on YouTube TV. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Um, so cutting the cable these days is very easy. The cable companies are shaking in the boots. Thank goodness. We're all excited for competition. And if you guys are there in West Hartford, I suspect all of you guys have already cut over to the 50 buck a month fiber service you have right in your backyard. 150 megabits for 50 bucks a month flat. No over, no no increases, guaranteed for life. No, it's mind-boggling mean, if you haven't. I think the people in West Hartford enjoy paying more money. I yeah, mean, they'd but, rather pay three hundred bucks a month, get ten thousand channels, <laughs> and only watch five. Maybe. <laughs> well, we're the, we're, well, I heard somebody recently remind us that we're the land of steady habits. So we keep voting for the dinglings in Hartford, and yeah. we keep keep connecting the old-fashioned way to and, cable TV. And the percentage of the old-fashioned pots landlines in Connecticut <laughs> is, is the highest in the nation. Yes, <laughs> keep paying for your old phone lines. But these new Net, um, NVIDIA Shields are all powered by uh, Android TV, and it's an amazing platform. I highly recommend you take a look at it if you want to easily cut the cable 
And uh, you can still use cable broadband to do your, your streaming you know, if, if you don't have access to a fiber service in your area. Um, and you can still save a ton of money. But um, we'll put a link up here for you. It's definitely worth worth checking out. I mean, my, mine is only a couple years old, and I'm considering, if I have to get it through committee first, uh, upgrading my little shield to a next level up here. It's only a couple hundred bucks. It's, I've already saved so much money on my cable bill that you know I could buy a ton of these things because of how much we save. Most people pay a car payment worth of, of dollars towards your entertainment these days if you're running cable TV. The problem is when you save money here, yeah, you usually end up spending it over here. <laughs> <laughs> it does happen. It does happen. So I'll put a link up there for you guys. Anything else you want to bring up, Bob? Yeah, I got another article here. Yeah. Marvel is censoring films for China, and you probably didn't even notice. You're kidding. No, no. So there's what, a whole other censored? layer. There's a whole other layer to Marvel films bringing in big dollars for the world's biggest market. Yeah. Benedict uh, Cumber- Cumberbach. Yeah. Skyrocketed to stardom in Sherlock in the BBC 2010 TV series about Wonderful. a modern day Sherlock Holmes. An amazing series. I highly recommend it. It was an awesome series. It was series. very good. Yeah. And he's a good actor. I like yeah. him. I liked him in Star Trek, too. Oh, my gosh. Okay. The actor leveled up. He played. Uh, uh, Khan. Khan, yes. Mm. Oh, he was good in it. Yeah. Anyway, the actor uh, leveled up uh, 2016's Doctor Strange, playing a slightly different kind of genius in the, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. Doctor Strange is now one of the biggest heroes in the MCU, Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm not sure about that, but having, we, won't, we won't debate it. But go ahead. Having <laughs> used his uh, powers to mastermind the Avengers' greatest victory ever. Mm-hmm. That kind of heroism comes comes at a price. Doctor Strange succumbed to one of Hollywood's oldest villains, whitewashing in the uh, whitewashing. Oh boy! In the 1960s comic, a Tibetan monk guides Strange's magical oh, training. Oh, that's right. In the 2016 movie, his mentor is instead a Celtic woman played by Tilda Swinton. The recasting came as the lesser of two evils, according to the director, Scott Derrickson, who said he wanted to avoid Asian stereotypes. Wait a minute. I thought he did go to Tibet, though. In the So they actually redid the movie for China? Right. But according to one of the film's writers, yeah. there was also fear of the Chinese backlash for any connection to the, the Tibetan sovereignty dispute oh, in which boy. China asserts rule over independence-seeking Tibet. Yeah. So there's... Uh, a whole bunch more to the story, but that's as far as I'm going to go. But the point is, is that they're doing this to all sorts. They're changing the stories so that... They don't offend China. Right, because these are <laughs> 1960s comic books. I mean, sure. I grew up with this Marvel Cinematic Universe of and course. the DC Universe and, uh, you know, Superman, Batman and all that. Got to keep China happy. Got to keep them happy. Well, we want their money. <laughs> well, where do they get their money? They got it from us. They got it from us. <laughs> Thank you, President Nixon, and your world-famous trip to China. I know. All right, very good. 1974. We'll, uh, we'll put links to all these stories out on computertalkwithtab.com and get right to your calls after the, after the break here. We've got Mark in Florida, we've got Rich in Westerly, and we've got Jack in Middletown. So hang on, guys. We'll get to your calls. One line open for you. This is Computer Talk. We'll be right back. All right, and we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tab. Let's get right to your calls, and uh, let's go right to Mark in Florida, Cocoa, Florida. Huh, Mark? What's going on? How you doing? Good morning. Morning. Um, I am trying to watch uh, my cable off of my laptop, which I know is not the best situation. But um, what's happening is one channel specific is pixelating, but all the other ones are perfectly clear. Are you streaming it, or are you uh, using a some sort of uh, receiver? Uh, um, just going to their website and, and you know, it's Spectrum. 
Okay. And just click on Watch TV, and it brings you to the menu, and you bring up whatever you want to watch. And um, when I <clears> when I do it on my um, iPad and iPhone, that channel is perfectly clear. It's just amazing that it's just this one channel completely. I agree. That is kind of weird. Yep. Because <laughs> um, the resolution should all be happening through the app, right? You're using the Spectrum app. Yep. Yeah. So can uh, do you have the ability to lower the resolution on the app? Um, I could try that. Um, I also plugged it into a TV with an HDMI cable to make sure it wasn't, you know, my monitor on the, right. on the laptop. Yeah. But, um, it, but it's the same problem, right? Yeah. Yep. So I'm thinking that they don't have the ability to push out the amount of uh, data that you need. So if you okay. lower the resolution, probably you're doing 1080. I'm guessing uh, if you lowered it to 720. Yeah, that'd be a good test. Yeah, if it does that, then that's what your problem is. What's, what channel is it? Just curious. Oh, Fox News. Fox News. Oh, I was going to say maybe, maybe you're watching C-SPAN. doing something. Yeah, well, you don't want to see her in high res anyways. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think uh, why would why would do that? It makes no sense to me. It's just, it's just a regular channel. channel. Well, you know I hate to say it, but down in Florida, they're notoriously slow internet down there. Yeah, but you can just change the channel on the same app and get perfectly good resolution. Yeah, well. So that's a computer. That's a nice my, computer. My speed is close to 100. Um, yeah, your speed's way more than you need. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. So it comes back down to your device, like Bob said. Why it would cause this issue on one channel is beyond me. I think re- reducing the resolution, if you can set the resolution on the app, would be well, an, an well, interesting just- test. I'm just, I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm watching it as we're talking. Yeah. It just went to a commercial, and it's perfectly clear. The commercial's clear, but the show is not. Right. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. <laughs> Again, you don't need that much resolution uh, for a small laptop um, right. screen, so it's 720p. Just okay. see if you can change it in the app um, and see if, if it helps the, the uh, program. You may have to do some searching on this. I mean, it could be a Spectrum problem. It could be Spectrum itself, uh deciding to not put its effort into that particular channel for some other reason. I won't have to go no tinfoil hat too much here, but uh, right. there, there is absolutely no reason the app can't handle that channel the same way it would handle ESPN, right? Well, There's, maybe Spectrum is filtering them. <laughs> maybe it's causing yeah. trouble. I mean, that would be but, bizarre. You know, like I said, I, I, if I put it on my iPad or my phone, it comes in perfect. Right, so maybe those yeah. resolutions are set lower, uh, okay. and that might be why they're, it's more, more of a healthy stream. and Maybe... maybe Fox is sending over a higher resolution, and your and your device can't handle it than the other. I don't know. I don't, I the resolution through Windows at the settings. No, check the app itself. Like you know, with YouTube, you can check you can change the resolution to be a 420p, oh, yeah. 720p. See if your okay. app gives you the ability to adjust those resolutions. If it doesn't, you may want to check with Spectrum directly as to why it's doing this to you on your on your machine. Your your computer, you don't want to mess with the resolution. Um, okay. It should be able to handle. How old your machine? Oh, two, three years old. Oh, so it's plenty of yeah, yeah. Hundred megabit connection, a young computer. Um, it's the apps processing. It's either the, the app or it's on the other end. Yeah, and or, remember, the app is different on your Windows PC versus the Apple app. So right. it could be that the B team wrote the Windows app, which is common in Windows programming. The A team okay. wrote the app for the Apple. <laughs> well, I'll try that resolution, and I appreciate it. Yeah, let us know what happens. I'm kind of curious. All right, I'll let you know. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, because streaming is a big thing, and you want to make sure you can get your you can get your uh, entertainment easily. Let's go on to uh, Richard in Westerly. What's going on, Richard? 
Good morning, Eric and Bob. Uh, long-time listener, and uh, I uh, uh, followed your advice in the past, uh, uh, especially when it came to uh, trying out uh, WebRoot. Yeah. And uh, then uh, early uh, in October, uh, we went into uh, upgrading the the uh, Microsoft system to Catalina. Mm. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, Catalina and WebRoot aren't talking with each other. And uh, I called up uh, WebRoot and eventually got to talk to a human being in the technical department. And, and he said, uh, we're working on it, man. But uh, it's, uh, it's not uh, anything going on that's going to be very quick. So the, uh, the only thing I could do for me is basically put my subscription on hold, uh, waiting for them to uh, solve the problem. Yeah, so that's the Mac OS. Yeah, right. Yeah, so you know, obviously they're not going to for they're not going to put as much time in the a- Apple side as they would the Windows side because as Apple will tell you, they don't get viruses. Right. So right. that's probably what's going on here. Okay, so um, you know that's the situation. I'm looking for uh, you know maybe a another thought process, another re- recommendation as to what uh, what should people with a Mac OS system. Uh, uh, Getting uh, running into this problem, uh, do I mean I'm using OpenDNS, and then yep. the uh, the tech guy said to me, "Well, you know, even the uh, hackers are trying to figure out how to get into Catalina, so you won't be bothered for a while." And I said, "Well, that, that's no, that's no, you know, that doesn't make me feel any better." No, I hear you. Yeah. Well, so and the key, the key so is the yeah. We we like ESET as an alternative. They're another another very good antivirus program. And uh, you say that again, for Yep, E uh, E, as in Eric. Yeah. Set as in hut, hut, set, hut, hike, you know, set, S E T. Okay, got it. Uh, ESET. So you can try that. Um, they may have the same problem. So Catalina must be a really new version of the Mac OS. Uh, I, I, as a non Mac user, I don't know how new it is. Yeah. Um, and these these companies are all always trying to catch up. It happens the same, the same thing happens in the Windows world. Um, so you, you're the latest and greatest, which is which is awesome for you. But you get to deal with the uh, bleeding edge problems. Well, I'm not an early adapter, uh, and I try and lag behind just for that reason, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, I uh, the uh, the end of my uh, uh, my Apple support was uh, coming to an end after the, in three years, and I said, well, geez, maybe if I'm going to run into any problems, I'll process it through them now. And yeah. and I got myself right into trouble. Sure. All right. So uh, check out ESET and check out Sophos too is another option. S O P H O S. They're another alternative. Um, and that's right. what you got. You only have to do what you got to do based on the version of software you have. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, enjoy the show. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Richard. Yeah. Goodbye. Bye bye. All right, guys. We're going to be here till eleven. Feel free to get online. Two lines open for you. Eight hundred nine six six WTIC five two two WTIC. Everything we've talked about has been posted live by Mike G over at computertalkwithtab.com. It's the name of the show.com, which also works. We'll be right back. And we are back. Two lines open for you, 800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. And we'll do our best to help you out with your computer problems, comments, questions, and concerns. I keep looking over back at this story about the Pratt & Whitney engines. And, you know, they released these engines in 2015. And uh, back then, it was they talked to a company, you know, Flight Global Magazine, and said, it is, you know, they're testing um, the software updates that would increase its thrust output 
without needing any hardware changes, of course. But of course, you end up with hotter temperatures, increasing maintenance costs. So you mess around with how the engine runs, and you don't know. You know, you got and these guys work on engines that are supposed to last years and years and years and years and years. But every time you you tinker with the software, you're going to mess with its lifespan and potentially have issues. They're being told that um, pilots are being told that they they have to to be careful not to use certain combinations of thrust settings and altitude until the root cause of these engine failures are found. Now, we heard we with the Max airline crashes, those those pilots had a hard enough time dealing with the software updates on that plane. How many pilots are being trained on what altitude things they shouldn't be setting on these things thanks to the software updates that they're worried about? It just makes me a little nervous that these folks are doing everything with software updates. Um, you know, again, our cars, our planes, our trains, I don't know. I don't uh, trust the engineers. I mean, the uh, programmers. Uh, who are these guys? I think too too much of this uh, software that they're using should be called beta software. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to fly on a plane that's got beta software on the engine. Um, let's go to Jack in Middletown. Hey, Jack. Good morning, guys. Good morning. What's up? Well, you're scaring me about flying. But that's <laughs> I'm not trying point. to. It's just an article that <laughs> kind of scared me a little bit. But go yeah. ahead. Uh Real quick question about uh, streaming video and recording it. Uh-huh. Now, I think I know what DRM, digital rights management, is. I'm not positive. Yeah, DRM is is a digital rights management acronym, sure. So Netflix, which I don't have, yeah. is coming out with a movie this month. Cool. A blockbuster. Maybe you know of it. I don't know if I should mention it. Go ahead. Well, what is it? The Irishman. All right, cool. I never heard of it, but that's great. You're You're interested in the movie. Uh, definitely, I definitely want to see this movie. It's, yeah, uh, De Niro and Scorsese, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I have friends who have uh, Netflix. I'm yeah. on a real tight budget. Sure. My, I'm on Wi-Fi. I'm on the computer. Yeah. And um, is there a way that if I took my DVD, or if they burned a DVD, no, could they? No. The easier Not way, Jack. Yeah, the easier way, Jack, is for them to share your lo- their login with you. <laughs> oh, they can do that. Not technically, but it's done a lot. Um, they're all- you're allowed to share it with your family and your yeah. family to them, Jack, aren't you? Well, <laughs> <laughs> so look, <Kinda>. at, yeah. <laughs> oh, I didn't know they could do that. Okay. Well, that's but- the whole problem with streaming, right? Is that everyone's sharing everybody's login? I mean, and even even broken up couples, you know, divorced folks are still logging in as their divorced husbands or wives to use the same well, Netflix that's account. That's exactly what I'm talking about. I'm talking about my ex. <laughs> <laughs> so, perfect. I swear to God. So I feel like, uh, what's, the, what's the guy named? I feel like Carson on uh, the Karnak here. Uh, so <laughs> ask her, ask her, hey, honey, you know, in the interest yeah. of peace, can you? Can I borrow your Netflix account yeah. just to watch this tune? Just uh, one day. Just that's one day. It's probably not going to be worth it. I made you... Ask a buddy. The problem is it's not going to show in theaters. It's only on Netflix. Well, right. That's part of their marketing, right? They, they If you want to have the subscription, you have to get it there. So you've got to know somebody in your in your wait, friend group. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yeah. I'm on the Netflix site right now. Of course, mm-hmm. I subscribe to Netflix. Right. But it says right here, unlimited TV shows and movies. Try 30 days for free. There you go. So do it just for free. go sign yeah. up for the 30 days and then cancel. I did the same thing with CBS. When the Star Trek thing came out, I wanted to see what that new Star Trek was because I, I found it abhorrent that they were going to charge us an arm and a leg to watch Star Trek. 
uh, as a right. geek. And so I just did right. the 30 day. I binged it in about three days, watched the whole thing and canceled it. So you can do the same thing. All right. Great idea. I appreciate yeah. that. No, no sweat. All right. All right. Good luck with your ex. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Uh, a lot of folks are dealing with that, right? Trying to share these accounts, right? Because, you know, you break up, you go your separate ways and who gets to keep the Netflix account? Now, it's it goes even further, right? Because it's all based on your preferences. So the account that you're using is based on that person's preferences and then you lose all that when you guys well, each go your separate ways. Each one of my kids have their own profile. Under the same Netflix account yes. that they're sharing so under I yours? Have my profile is my wife's profile and my kids each have a profile. So right. but they're all logging in as you. Yes. <laughs> Because <laughs> they were all my family. Yeah, sure. They don't share it with anybody else. No, no, no. I hear you. All right, let's go on to your calls. We're going to go to, and actually with YouTube TV, they encourage you to share it out that way. Because that's how Netflix really grew, was all the, basically college kids pirate everything. And they were just sharing the one account. You know, All the UConn campus was using one Netflix account, practically, I'm sure. And so YouTube TV said, you know what? Let's just do this. We're going to let you share it with six people in your family. So your same $50 subscription to YouTube TV covers six people. Whereas if you had a cable box, those ding-dongs would charge you 10 bucks a box just to connect to get channels. Well, they charge you for a box for each room. Exactly. <laughs> YouTube TV is saying, hey, get connected for free. And need I say box. more? <laughs> need, need I say more? Let's go to Ben in stores. Hey, Ben. Hi. What's up? Uh, I was uh, wondering what you would recommend about backing up a PC. Uh, what Maybe what kind of hard drives you would recommend. Uh, yeah. And what criteria you would use for it. What kind of data are you backing up, Ben? Just regular, um, regular word processing, spreadsheets, or pictures? Or what are you backing up? Yeah, basically that. Okay. So you need multiple shots at your data. So you need multiple pieces of media. So one hard drive is nice. I would recommend a couple. So you would get maybe one or two, an A and a B, and you would back up your your uh, documents and your pictures to A, and then the next couple days you back it up to B, and that way you've got two shots at your data in case somehow one of those backups doesn't work. Using just one target is a bad idea because a, a lot of folks just leave the target drive plugged in all the time. And if you get encrypted, somehow ransomware comes in and encrypts your machine, well, it's going to encrypt that attached drive too. Mm. And now you have no backup. And if you have a NAS and you map to that NAS, your map drive is going to get encrypted also. Right. And that's where an offsite backup comes in. Um, but when you offsite by having A and a B, by disconnecting your backup from your computer, essentially air gapping it, um, it's going to be safe from being infected by any kind of ransomware because it can't be touched. Um, so a couple of them, you know, you should only you should have multiple shots at your data. You can use thumb drives too, but again, don't use just one. I mean, I know people that are driving around and uh, listening to the show right now that have their entire QuickBooks for their business dangling from their keychain. That's not a good idea. Um, you need multiple shots at that that data should you need to restore from it. So. As far as your what you, you get, keep it within your budget. I mean, a terabyte drive these days, or probably two terabyte drive, is like fifty bucks. So shouldn't shouldn't be too expensive. Are you a student up there at stores? Oh no, no. Uh, but um, also, would you recommend uh, something like Carbonite or, or 
SMware service. Yeah, those are popular. The only drawbacks of those services is, if, depending on how much data you have off-site, it could take a long time to get it back. It'll be there. So we've come across, in, the, in a business case, it's usually a bad idea. But for you know, for personal for a personal use case, it can't. It's a good idea to have something like that. But I would have that along with the local target I talked about, a hard drive. So uh-huh. you, you could have the Carbonite offsite piece running um, for some annual cost, but definitely still have a local backup. You can't be too backed up if you care about your data. You know, if you don't care about it, don't back it up. Uh-huh. Okay. All right, Ben. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Good luck. All right. All right. Bye bye. We're going to step out for a quick break, get back to more of your calls, 1-800-966-WTIC-522-WTIC. If you're in West Hartford and have access to GoNetSpeed, why haven't you cut over to it? What is your, what's your reasoning? I know I told you my wife made me finally t- cut the cable myself because uh, it was a procrastination thing. So I understand. Trust me, I understand. Um, but you have access to 150 megabit internet with no caps, a lifetime price guarantee of 50 bucks. What are you waiting for? I'm just, I'm just wondering. I'd be jumping all over that. If it came to Southington, oh, my gosh. I couldn't wait for it. And, and everybody else's cable bills will go down when they come to your town. Yeah, and I'm waiting for them to come to Bristol. <laughs> so uh, we'll be right back after this break. And we are back. This is Computer Talk with Tabber here till 11 o'clock. Lines are wide open. Feel free to get online. 1-800-966-WTIC, 522-WTIC. If you want to talk about cutting the cable and how to cut the cable, it is something that is still kind of confusing for people. It is very simple to do, and if you'll, you'll save a ton of money. I talk to folks about it being, if you're paying two or 300 bucks on your cable bill, and then you, then, you, then you juxtapose it to like putting up solar panels. So I suspect your cable bill, in many cases, is higher than your electric bill. And if you're willing to put $20,000 of panels on your roof and pay all that off over X number of decades to save a couple hundred dollars on your electric bill, why wouldn't you just buy a $100 little streaming device and save the money like that? <laughs> if you want to save a couple grand a year, streaming is the way to do it. Um, so if you want to talk about how to cut the cable, happy to talk about it. I saw this on the news this morning. Maybe you guys saw it too. Amazon Alexa, right? Somehow... Uh, the police in Florida want to uh, get the recordings of the Alexa devices because somehow this lady was was killed somehow, and 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 uh, they don't know exactly how. And they want to get the recordings from the Alexa. Now, I don't know. I always thought Alexa had to be triggered to start recording. I didn't, and I highly doubt she screamed Alexa when she was being murdered, or he screamed Alexa. Maybe it was maybe it was his girlfriend before he murdered her. I have no idea. But the idea of Alexa being triggered is kind of bizarre during a murder. All of these smart speakers are listening all the time. They're not smart speakers then. They're called what? Smart microphones. That's what I call them. (laughs) So they're listening because they're waiting for the keyword, Ah, hey, Alexa, hey, Ah, Google. Gotcha. So that's that's how it works, Bob. (laughs) And then they're not supposed to be recording No, they're not supposed to be. But then, you know, Alexa has has had this habit in the past of just coming out from nowhere and doing this evil laugh. I know. (laughs) We've talked about it. We've talked about it. Yeah. So so clearly, just so you guys understand, and it was funny to listen to watch the news folks kind of, ooh, that opens up questions. We've talked about this forever. Of course, in order for Alexa to hear the word Alexa, she has to be listening for the word Alexa. If you guys don't get that, you're crazy. Maybe she said, hey, Alexa, 
Tell the NSA to send help. Yeah, right. Call 911. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's crazy. So they're going to get the recording, and hopefully they find out what happened to her. It's awful that she, that she was killed or how she died. We don't know, but somehow Alexa's been recording. So keep it in mind. If you don't want Jeff Bezos, every time I see that little smirky logo, you know, I think, I wonder what he's listening to. It's a crooked what he's smile. Listening to. Yeah. <laughs> What's he listening to? How creepy can he be? Uh, it was actually kind of funny. I was moving my son into his, his first apartment. Yay, he's out of the house. Uh, one down. And uh, we were talking about the different types of beds his roommates were getting. And you ever heard of that bed that's pur- called purple or something like that? It's that foam bed that's stuffed in a box. It's called purple. I don't know. I think I've heard of it, but you know. So here it is. I'm moving. You know, we're we're, we're doing the whole Ross uh, Gottlieb, you know, the guy that from the Friends, and we're moving the, the the couches up the stairs, and we're all yelling pivot, and uh, I'm talking about the this purple bed, and literally I get back home after moving him in, and what comes up on my newsfeed? Purple bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> So your phone's listening, too, if you're wondering. Let's go to your calls. We're going to go to uh, Jack and Glastonbury first. What's going on, Jack? Hi, can you hear me? I can hear you, sir. Yeah, I just switched off speakerphone. Uh, quick question. Um, I'm going to be migrating to Windows 10, unfortunately. I, I love Windows 7, but yeah. uh, um, I do all my backups using the Microsoft backup. Okay. And I have them all on, on a hard drive staged out, full mm-hmm. backups. Nice. My, my question is, uh, once I go to Windows 10, uh, can I, does Windows 10 still support that same backup system, or is it a whole whole new ball of wax? So they do have their own backup system, but your, your question is good. I don't know. I've never tried to restore from a Windows 10 um, built-in backup from the old Windows 7 as far as what it's created. That's a great question. Um, I suspect it would. Logic would tell me it would. But then again, Microsoft's not always that logical. Yeah. Well, I mean, I could keep my old system running because I'm probably going to get a new platform and everything. So, um, well, yeah, I, it's, it'll be moved. back up to that and then copy it over or something like that. Well, no, you're not going to do a restore of your data using the backup tool. I mean, that's going to be tedious. I mean, you should learn how to do it, but it's going to be tedious. And um, I'd recommend just a simple copy and paste. Right. Yeah. So you'll get that way. Your your files are all intact. You're not dealing with trying to use the tool to unpack the backup file that's created. Uh, but if you wanted to practice, you could do that. It's a good thing to learn how to do if you ever had to use it. Okay. Um, uh- but you, I guess I have, we'd have to find out from listeners. I've never tried to restore a Windows 7 backup file on a Windows 10 machine. Have you, Bob? Are you doing some looking? Uh, yeah, I found an article on PC Magazine that I'm just reviewing here. Okay, so PC Mag might have the answer for us. Okay. As to whether it, I would suspect it does, but don't do it that way. Just do a copy and a paste, keep your backups separate, and uh, get it over to well, the new machine. Yeah, okay. That, yeah, I understand. So once I get everything over to the new machine, I can do a, an immediate backup, and now I've got a good copy on a Windows 10 machine. Exactly. Exactly. And how many how many pieces of media do you have, Jack? Just the one drive or a couple of drives or Uh I I I do a, a two drive um I do a backup to two two different drives. Good. Okay, but the way I do it there, there was some article written somewhere where you can just rename the backup file yeah. on your hard drive on your you know portable hard drive and then do another backup a month later. Yeah, like you know, an A and a B. Yeah, A and a B, and you go back months on either yeah. either drive. Good. No, that's yeah, good. Yeah, it's a little tricky because you run into it burns up space really fast doing it that way. But anyway, uh, that that was my question on 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 Windows 10. 
Is there any tool, uh, any kind of migration tool that will migrate uh, your Windows 7 stuff over so you don't have to completely start at scratch and reload all your software and all that kind of stuff? The quick answer is no. you no. got to do it the way you did it with Windows XP. But on your previous question, I've got an article here, and basically yeah. what it says is that Windows 10 backup can read the Windows 7 backup software, but you want to only restore the files and not the operating well, yeah, system. Obvious. <laughs> yeah, well, that we, makes sense. Good. Yeah. We, we hope that does. So that's, that's good news. That's, that's how I would do it anyway. It would be like, oh, i got to get this file that was six months old that's been lost or something. You know, that kind right. Of thing. Um, but no, you're going to have to reload your software from scratch, copy your data. Um, you can export some settings. You can export your bookmarks. You can export any of right. some of your preferences. Yeah, basically, you want to go and uh, if you go into your uh, Windows 7, and go down into C, uh, users, and then uh, your profile name. Then you know you can get your favorites and your uh, downloads and your uh, desktop and what have you from that and copy that over. Okay. Yeah. So good luck. I mean, you, uh, what are you going to get for a new machine? Do you have any ideas? No, I don't. I I I, I want to get a. Uh, what I have right now is a uh, Lenovo uh, B five hundred, which is a really nice. What is a seventeen-inch uh, display monitor mm -hmm. and everything? Yeah, I want to get a de I want to get a, a desktop, or I mean a uh, all-in-one that's like that, you know, mm. with a large screen. Because I do a lot of f photography playing around, and, and okay. the small screen stuff doesn't work very good with that. Yeah, I would tell you then to consider a separate PC and a monitor. Um, okay. The all-in-ones are f they're they're beautiful, right? If you have little space, but they're a pain right. to maintain. They're a pain to repair and deal with. Yeah, yeah and okay. if one component goes. It's the whole device that's The whole on. device is done. So if you well, just... yeah, I've, I've had this one apart one time to upgrade the memory. And yeah. It didn't have a lot of memory. I took it apart, but it, it wasn't too big too big of a deal. Right. But I guess you're right. I mean, if there's something in there that's, I mean, everything's kind of like all hooked together. There's no... Right, it's custom. Yeah, Whereas no. a nice simple box is it's much like, more maintainable. It, it's almost like a standalone um, laptop, if you will, except it uh, doesn't yeah. fold. And then, of course, you can always upgrade your video card if you ever got further into your photography where you want to do more and more with the yeah. uh, the images. The, you can increase your video capability, and that all-in-one you can't. I don't want to take up a lot of time, but on the, on the type that you're recommending, do they make us... Uh, the only thing I didn't like about desktops was the fact that the box that has all the computer stuff in it seemed to take up a lot of room. Do they have anything that's really compact that will do the job? So they they do. They're called they're called Nooks. They're Intel Nooks. Yeah. Um, they're really compact, but then you lose all the ability I talked about as far as uh, upgradeability. Okay. Well, Lenovo and Dell has a real small box also. Yeah. Okay. That, uh, I, I always default to Intel. But make sure that you're going to go with at least an i5 or better. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I'll go yeah. I, yeah. If you're I, doing seven. photography and stuff, an i3 just isn't going to cut it. Right. Yeah. I'm already having that problem with this machine. But How yeah, old is I'll, it? I'll do it. Oh, geez, it's almost eight years old. Oh, I think. well, it served you well then. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's worked well. So, so. All right, Jack. Well, good luck. Hey, well, thank you for the information. Our pleasure. Yep, bye. All right, bye-bye. We're going to uh, go right to the top of the hour here, I'm just told. So uh, let's get on. Uh, let's get Jim and Thomaston on to see if he has get his question at least. Go ahead, Jim. Get, get your question in, and then we'll try to answer it after the news. What do you got? Okay. Um, real quick. A few a few weeks ago, you talked about the two-factor authentication with Apple, and uh, that somebody there felt it was a really good thing. Two-factor in general is a really good thing. Really good well, thing. Yes. Let, just let me just let me explain one thing to you. It might yeah. not be as good as you think because <laughs> I did that with an iPhone 5s. Yeah. 
was a long time ago. Yeah. And an, and an iPad that I had at that time. Yeah. Okay. I still had the phone. Yeah. At one point, and I and I, and I upgraded the uh, iPad. Sure. I still cannot get in to that logon. You locked yourself out, kid, huh? Well. I called Apple. I, I I did everything you know that I thought that I could do. Right. You know, and and they simply will not override it in any way. No. Well, ask me ask me all the um, you know the security questions. Yeah. You know you know do whatever you got to do. They won't. You know, but they won't do it. Nope. They they'll treat you the same way they treat the FBI. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, Jim. You locked yourself out of your phone. I can't help you, but it is pretty secure, wouldn't you say? Well, yeah, it is. All right, I got to go, Jim. I got to get a heartbreak here. Hang on a sec. I'll hold you over. This is Computer Talk with Tab. You'll never get out of Locked Out of Arc show. We'll be right back. To Spartans, there is no finish line for excellence. Little wonder MSU is a leading research university in the world's top 100. With 34 programs ranked in the top 25 nationally by U.S. News and World Report and number one programs in nuclear physics, supply chain management, and education, we are united by a passion to make a difference. See all we're making possible at msutoday.msu.edu. Spartans will.